morning to everyone and welcome to those that are uh, just tuning in and viewing those on Christian Coffee Time and otherwise. Uh, we just want to thank you for having a look at this um, Good Friday service and the message for us today. We're going to start off uh, with a word of prayer and then we'll look in our Bible and some things. Let's pray. Our Father, again, we give thanks, Lord. We thank you for the cross of Calvary. Mm -hmm. We thank you for Jesus Christ, the Christ of the cross. Amen. Lord, the Lord of glory. God manifests in the flesh for our sins. Lord, we just want to thank you. In this day, we wish to worship you, Lord, by taking heed to thy word now. And Lord, that you will show us and teach us some of the things here that we've talked about here, Lord, some of the things we're going to look at. We just pray you bless them, that they be... Uh, remembrance for us and that there be any new things Lord that we just rejoice in that as well but Lord we just thank you we pray that any unsaved viewing or listening Lord would be stirred in their heart to trust in Jesus Christ the Savior and Christians be strengthened and that you be honored Lord we just thank you now and we thank you for all things in Jesus name amen. amen so make sure you've got some writing material and uh write down some of the things we cross-reference. We're just going to have a look at some of the, just some very basic things about the cross. Um, first of all, what I want you to do is turn your Bibles to John chapter 19. There's just one verse, actually just a wee bit of a verse as we get started on this. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to look at Today, the cross and the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, his death on the cross. And we're going to take just a, um, just a thought here out of a couple verses and use that as our springboard as we go into this. It just kind of struck me the other day. In verse uh, um, 23 of John 19, you'll see, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, every soldier apart, and also his coat, now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. But the first bit there, then the soldiers crucified Jesus. Now I just want you to turn your Bibles over to Acts chapter 4, please. We'll hit a few pages to Acts chapter 4, and just a couple of verses there for us to read. And just to look at something here, to keep in mind, as we do, but uh, we'll go over it. And we're in Acts chapter 4, we're going to go down to verse 26, and read from verse 26 to 28. Uh, the kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, for a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Now just note in there, <clears throat> both Herod and Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel, and the soldiers, and you and me. Okay? And you and me. Put them on that cross. Mm -hmm. Say, well, I wasn't born. But he paid for everybody's sins, didn't he? Amen. He suffered for all of our sins. Just something to think about for us just to look at. We're going to have a look first of all at the man Jesus Christ and just very briefly through, through a, few, a few things here. The man Jesus Christ. Back in the, in the book of Luke it says uh, that Jesus Christ of course born in Bethlehem and it says unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. We know that 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that this is God manifest in the flesh. 
God Almighty from his throne in heaven, as it were, if you can put it that way, and this is a miracle in itself, became and took on human flesh. And that wasn't just a, a, a good man on the cross. It wasn't just a prophet, not just a king. This is the Lord of glory in a man's body. There he is, the God-man, Jesus Christ. Very important for us to see that. John chapter 1, verse 29, you picture yourself at the Jordan River, and there's John the Baptist baptizing people. And through the crowd, Jesus is walking, and John stops, and he says to the crowd, Behold, focus your attention, pay attention, have a look at this, take this all in. Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. There he is, the man, Jesus Christ, God's Lamb. God's land. We'll look at that a little bit later. We know that the Lord Jesus Christ was born without a sinful nature. He did not have the sinful nature of Adam because uh, the child did not start to grow by any means of man. Mary did not have relations with Joseph. Okay? It was the Spirit of God came upon Mary. We understand that. And the power of God caused that baby to start growing in the, in, in the womb. There's more to it than that, but in a nutshell, that's it right there. For the express purpose that Jesus Christ would not have the old nature of Adam that we all have. Mm -hmm. Okay? He was without sin. Is without sin. He's without sin, does not have the nature of Adam which we all have. The Christ of the cross is the great I Am. That holy holiest of the holies. The one who the, um, the creatures before the throne are, are, they say, holy, 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 day and night and always, because God is holy. This is that one. This is him. This is the Lord who took on human flesh. Isaiah 9, 6 calls him the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We're going to look at some things about the cross. We're going to look at some things, but first of all, the, the, the man. First of all. Now, we want to just consider a couple things here before we get going. The essential value of the cross, and those aren't maybe the best words to use to, do, to describe this, but there's value to the cross, as you'll see as we go on here, but the essential value of the cross, of Jesus Christ's death, the essential value is his deity. Okay. It's greater than the substitution, the doctrine of substitution. It's greater than all the sufferings on the cross. It's greater than the fulfillment of scriptures. Because none of these things would make any difference in anything or matter at all unless we have Jesus Christ as deity. God manifests in the flesh, and we do, okay? Without the deity of Christ, the cross has no value. The same goes for the resurrection, doesn't it? Without the deity of Christ, the cross has no value. So it's very important for us, first of all, to see that when we're talking to people and such, we want to witness to people, we must get across to them the deity of Christ. Talk about the Savior. There's all kinds of things to talk about, yes, I know. 
but the man, the God-man, Jesus Christ, the deity of Christ. Let's look at a, and consider just a couple of pictures of the cross, and we'll get some idea of what was going on, what was taking place there. And we will go way back in our Bibles. We're not going to turn there. I'm just going to mention a couple of things briefly. Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 to 8, you have the account of Cain and Abel. I don't know why we always say Cain and Abel. It was Abel and Cain, whatever. Anyways, um, after man's fall into sin, when the sin nature was upon uh, Adam, upon Eve, upon their offspring, and subsequently all down through the line here to every one of us, and you know the account that Abel brings a lamb unto the flock. God has explained to them that the way to me, the way to approach to me now, since the fall, is since you have this sinful nature, this rebellion, which is a natural thing within you, uh, uh, Cain, Abel, Adam, the rest, Eve, and then So Abel brings what God has said. Okay, he brings the lamb. Cain's, we know, he brings the fruit of the ground, the vegetables, or whatever it was. But the thing is that God has showed them and told them, just as he tells us today, that there must be a mediator between you and me. You cannot, as an individual, approach God yourself. There has to be a, a go-between. And that lamb was the go-between. That lamb represented for Abel that one that would die for him in his place, for his sins, shedding his blood. A death took place and blood was shed. God said, this is what it is. That's what it takes to overcome, to pay for sin. For without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. So Abel brings a lamb out of the flock. And on and on we see that. It's a picture of the cross in Genesis there. And over in uh, Numbers 21, you know the account of the, uh, 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 the brass serpent upon the pole. The people were complaining and so on and so forth. And, they, uh, and God sent uh, uh, fiery serpents among them and, were, and they were biting the people. And they said, many people died. Moses, what should we do? And they told, you go make a, a brass serpent and put it on a pole so it would be high up so everybody could see it. And when they look at that, they will be, uh, uh, um, they will not die. Okay. And we know it's a picture of Jesus Christ on the cross. We aren't told how high the cross was, but he was lifted up from off the earth. A terrible thing, but he was lifted up above the earth. And if you look to Christ in belief, in trust, in faith, you'll be saved. Amen? You'll be delivered from your sins. It's just another picture. And there's several other pictures in the Bible. But we see the pictures of the cross, and the Lord explains it, and He shows us in many different ways, many different things. Back in Numbers, when the people confess their sins, uh, and they uh, uh, um, turn to, wanted to turn back to God, and they were sorry for what they'd done. And any who were bitten, and when they would behold the serpent, they would live. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So we see there's the man, Jesus Christ. We see the, uh, the deity of Christ, the most important thing for us to focus on here. Don't, we can't take away from the humanity of Christ because it, he was a perfect man, and, the, and the, the man part of him, we put it, that's not the right way to put it, 
was necessary to go to the cross because you can't put God to death. Okay? But he took on uh, human flesh. He became as one of us to represent us so he could die in our place because the wages of sin is death. Okay. The reason for the cross and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, first of all, when we talk about the reason for it, we'd have to go to John 3.16. It explains it very well there, doesn't it? I think it's already been mentioned uh, this morning. God's love for all people, for all mankind. It's something for us to think about when we look at uh, different ones. You meet people all through the week and that, and even people that we may not want to even, you know, in our prejudices and so on and so forth, we kind of shy away from maybe some, I don't know, the Bible says to live uh, peacefully with all men as much as you're able. Sometimes we're not able, I guess, I don't know. But anyways, to understand and see people as God sees them, every person, every person, Jesus Christ paid their sins for, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. But first of all, the love of God. And the Bible tells us in Romans uh, 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. There's none of us that are exempt. Jesus Christ is the only one exempt from that. Okay, he did not have our old sinful nature of Adam. Adam is what they call the federal head of humanity. He's, a, he's the our representative. We get from him this old nature, which is rebellion towards God. Jesus didn't have that. All have sinned. All do sin. All have the sentence of death upon them because of sin. And we all die because of sin. God has declared that Jesus Christ should be the payment. That on the cross, Jesus Christ would be the payment. He would give his life, his blood would be shed. And the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. Amazing thing there in the mind of God, that was always what was going to happen. God's provision for sin, all have sinned, all do sin. And as we said, sin is simply rebellion against God. Our natural bent is away from God. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. We're absolutely hopeless. You can't uh, turn over a new leaf. You can't reform yourself. You've got a nature that is bent towards sin and rebellion against God. God has said, this is how this will be dealt with. This is how I'm going to deal with your sin problem with your old nature, with this thing that you have from Adam, my son, Jesus Christ, will be a substitute for you. He will pay the penalty of your sins. He will take the punishment. And God says there's no other way accepted. This is what God has decreed to deliver a person from their sins, to make them a child of his, to make they, that they can enter into his presence. It's Jesus Christ on the cross. It's not baptism. It's not church attendance. It's not any other thing you fill in the blank or any other like, religious and stuff. God has decreed that Christ will die on the cross and shed his blood and, the, and he will rise again from the dead on the third day. We'll deal with that on Sunday. And he says, if you will accept, if you will believe, if you will put your faith in Christ, if you will trust in him with all of your heart, You'll be saved. You'll be delivered from your sin. You'll be made a child of God. You'll be declared righteous. And only by this way. Okay? 
So we see the need for the cross. The need for the cross is absolutely necessary. I remember talking to a fellow years ago. Um, he was of another um, uh, religion. And he was talking about, he said, you Europeans, you, you crucified Christ. I don't know what you did, but happened. <laughs> You're the ones that put him on the cross. And he said, it was no accident, you know. And I remember, his, I just picture his face. He was a teacher and taught other things in, in the school. And that. He was a teacher. His mouth just dropped open. In his mind, this was an accident and a horrible thing. It was a horrible thing. But it was necessary. Absolutely necessary to pay for the sins of the world. I said, that wasn't an accident. God sent his son to the cross to pay the penalty for your sins. My sins and everybody's sins. His mouth just dropped open. He'd never heard that before. I hope it had an effect on his life. I hope he got saved. But So we see the need for the cross. All have sinned. All commit sin. All have a sinful nature. And you can't do anything about it. Only faith in Jesus Christ will deliver you from your sin. Okay? These are not popular things today. People don't want to hear about, about blood. They don't want to hear about the cross. They want to hear about sin. This is the reality of it. This is what God says in the Bible. This is what's going on here. We all have sinned, and we're all on the road to hell. You're not on the road automatically to heaven. You hear often somebody dies, they say, oh, may they rest in peace. If they've trusted in Christ, they'll rest in peace. If they don't, they're going to go to hell and wait until the judgment day. That's what God says. Amen? Amen. That's what he says. Amen. I mean, where'd you get that other stuff from? Somebody thought, well, this is nicer. But this is the reality. There's a great need for the cross. A great need for the cross. Only Jesus Christ gives you the cleansing from sin. Only Jesus Christ can give you eternal life. Amen. So there's a great misunderstanding of the cross. A misunderstanding. The Lord told the disciples several times about he was going to be, you know, put to death and be raised the next day and so on and so forth. And they just didn't grasp it. They couldn't get it. Uh, we were talking yesterday about uh, uh, Mary at the tomb. And, uh, um, the angels told Mary what had happened. And then later on she comes back with Peter and she didn't get it. She did, it didn't stick with her for some reason. But the disciples couldn't grasp the meaning and the importance off of, right off the bat. People at the foot of the cross did not grasp the meaning and importance of Christ on the cross. They're saying, come on down from there, then we'll believe in you. They just didn't grasp it. They didn't get it. And people today see the preaching of the cross as foolishness. They don't grasp its meaning and its importance. And we talked about that earlier. But if you understand these things, if these things make perfect sense to you, God gave you that. Amen. That's a tremendous gift from the Lord, isn't it, to understand. That's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, opening your understanding. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a tremendous misunderstanding. We just touched briefly on the horror of the cross. And it was a horrible thing. Sin is horrible. One sin, one sin is horrible. You people today, you hear them say, oh, it's just a little white lie. Oh, yeah. The book of Revelation says all liars have their place in the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things. We categorize sin. Murder and thievery and stuff, that's bad. Okay, the government will, they'll punish you for that. But all this other stuff, 
lion, and that, that's, that's okay, let me let that go. God says, no, 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 no. A lie is a terrible, horrible thing. It's a sin, it's rebellion, it's against God. The horror of the cross, it was a bloody sacrifice. But without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus suffering, now he suffered at the hands of the soldiers before he got to the cross, but those punishments and stuff and the beatings and whippings that he had had nothing to do with atonement. It's the blood of the cross, okay? Not the blood of, of the beatings. It's got nothing to do with that. They were, I believe that that's what the devil was trying to do to stop him from going to the cross. Mm -hmm. Nothing's going to stop him from going to the cross. And it's the blood of the cross, Jesus Christ shedding his blood on the cross. But what a horrible thing. Yeah. I was thinking about as we had the Lord's table. We say this is the, the bread. Yeah, pictures symbolizes his body broken. Well, none of his bones are broken. What does it mean his body broken? You know, it just came to me just kind of a thought. Maybe it's not what it means, but his body was broken by the nails, for one thing. Pierced right through eh? his hands and his feet. Not just broke the skin, but driven, driven through. What agony it must have been. Mm. And we could go on with the agony, the physical agony, and the thirst, and the pain. And the pictures in the Old Testament of the furniture of the tabernacle, and if you look at the altar outside, outside the uh, tabernacle, there was the labor, and then the altar was the first thing. And the fire burned down the midst, not on the top of it, it was down in a bit. You know, all those things are pictures of Christ and different aspects of Him. The fire burnt in the middle. He suffered in His soul, inside, way deep down inside on the cross. Could you imagine the penalty? What would be the penalty for uh, the sins of any person? Well, they're going to spend an eternity in the lake of fire. And how many millions and billions of people have been on the earth and are on the earth and Christ paid for every one of those? That's a pretty big debt to pay. And he suffered tremendously. And he suffered the separation from his father. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he was, father, it was as if he had to turn his back on him. But it was a horrible, horrible thing. And uh, we're not going to get into it. He, as Isaiah talks about, they plowed upon my back. You ever plow anything? have a garden and you get your rototiller out and that's not really plowing, but it's kind of the same idea. You're making great grooves and stuff. Oh, we could go with the horrible things that he suffered and suffered on the cross. And yet we're reminded in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, we're reminded, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him. Wait a minute. Wasn't he suffering? Yup. He was suffering more than anybody could ever, ever imagine or undergo. I think because he's God manifest in the flesh that he could undergo all those things. Mm -hmm. But for him, in all the midst of that suffering, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But for the joy that was set before him, he wasn't looking at his own sufferings and such. He was looking at you and me. I like to think of, and we aren't told that, and it's probably not what happened, but 
he could picture, if he wanted, and envision every person. How do we identify with a person? Facial recognition. John saw all the people standing before the throne in judgment. What did he see? Their feet? No, their faces. And so you see who it is. And Jesus saw our faces. He saw yours and mine, everybody's. All that will trust in him, because some won't. Some are so stubborn in their ways. Some are so taken in their ways. Some think they've got it all wired up. Like I said to that one fellow a couple weeks ago, that blind, I forget who it was that said it, they said to the fellow, um, he was just against God and all these things, and uh, it doesn't exist and all this stuff. I says, do you know everything there is to know in the world? I probably told you this before. Pretend I haven't said it before. Okay. Do you know all, all there is to know in the world? And he says, no, of course not. I says, let's say you know half. He says, okay, that's quite a bit, eh? Of everything there is to know. Do you, know, you suppose that God can live in that half that you don't know anything about? And he looked... He didn't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> he was a fellow that had been brought up in the church. He'd heard the gospel and so on and so forth, and he'd gone away. And he was, on, I think he was under conviction. And he didn't want to hear that. He didn't want to come back. But, uh, where were we? The horror of the cross. Talk about the joy of Jesus Christ, his joy. So we see then all these things, and we come to the benefit of the cross. The benefit of the cross... Of course, it's not complete without the resurrection of Christ, and we can't just take those two things by themselves either. I just wrote down a few things the other day. We're not going to go through all these, but when we think about the things that Jesus did, how about the birth? We touched on that. That's big. You got to have that, eh? You got to have God manifest in the flesh. You got to have Him born in Bethlehem. How about His life? How about the miracles He did to show His deity, show who He was? And then number three, we've got the death on the cross, a substitute for our sin. Then we have the resurrection, but it doesn't stop there. He's interceding for us in heaven right now, praying for the believers, amen? amen. And then he's going to return someday in the clouds and gather the believers out. Yeah. And then he's going to come back to the earth and reign upon it. He's going to take control. He's going to remove all the squatters from, the, from his uh, uh, purchased possession. The, the cross... And the resurrection, however we say it, isn't the same. It's not saying it correctly, but not stages. But you know what I mean. In the whole picture, they're just portions of the picture. But you can't have the death without the birth, or without the resurrection. You can't have the res resurrection without the. It's a complicated thing. But the benefits of the cross to ourselves, it's not complete without the resurrection of Christ. Of course, we know that. And any and all who repent of their sins by turning to Christ, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you trust in Him. Remember that time you got saved? If you haven't been saved, you need to get saved. You need to trust in Christ. Amen. That moment, that moment you understood that you were a sinner and that Jesus Christ is the only Savior, and that He can save you. You might not have said, Lord, I repent of my sins, but when you turn to Jesus Christ in belief, you're seeing yourself as a sinner and you're turning from that. You say, Lord, forgive me. Jesus, save me. Okay? Any who repent of their sin, sin, believe in Jesus Christ by faith, will be saved and forgiven and have eternal life. Yeah. John 3.16, it says it right there. So the benefits of the cross, so we see there's no more sacrifices. Once for, he, he gave himself 
once for all sacrifices for all time, and it's done. Amen. There's no working out your salvation. There's no working for your salvation. Put it that way. That's what we should put it. There's no works needed for God to accept you. God won't accept you until you trust in Christ. 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, it says, And this is His commandment. This is, the, this is the, the commandment you need to focus on. You need to take heed. And this is His commandment that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? There's nothing else. There's no keeping of the Ten Commandments. Nothing else. Benefits. Heaven is our home. Sin is forgiven. We're made a child of God by believing in Jesus Christ. We're given the Spirit of God to come and live right inside us. Mm -hmm. And it's for all, and it's for anyone, no matter what you've done. Mary Magdalene was a prostitute with seven devils. The Apostle Paul murdered believers. But when you trust in Jesus Christ, all your sins are gone. They were placed on Christ at the cross. When you accept that, He's the sacrifice for sins once for all. He took our place, paid the debt, set us free. If you believe, you must believe. You must trust in Him. You must be born again. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen? Amen. But just a few things for us to consider about the cross, the importance of it. And overall, the whole thing, I think, the one, one thing that, that overall, arching above it all, is the deity of Christ. That gives its value. Amen. Jesus Christ, Amen. the Lord of glory, because He loves you. Amen. And He wants you to be saved. Walk with Him. Believe in Him. Look to Him. An amazing thing, isn't it? Amen. An amazing thing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given to us. Just to look at some of these things briefly, Lord. And just to, uh, well, just to worship you in this way, Lord. To look at your word and consider the things that you've done, Lord. Done for us and for all mankind. Uh, Lord, we just want to thank you now. Lord, speak to our hearts. Bless us, Lord. Save souls. Lord, we just pray that this message will go out and touch people. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.